The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. And we have two wonderful guests for you, as we always do. Uh, We're going to start our first interview is about telling your cancer story. It's by Cheryl Crowder. Her book is Surviving the Storm, a workbook for telling your cancer story. Cheryl Crowder, MFT, is a marriage and family psychotherapist with almost 40 years of experience in the field of psychology and human consciousness. She integrates her years of experience with her personal journey as a cancer survivor. She works with clients in her private practice and she presents talks and workshops on the uncertainty of life-threatening illness and guides people in telling their cancer stories. And she's facilitated many groups over the years and given many, many talks. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much, Patricia. Good to be here. All right. So you say that you've survived breast cancer, but you didn't survive the treatment. What do you mean? Well, I have what I call a lot of collateral damage from the treatment of cancer. Uh, as, as you know, the, the treatment for cancer is quite brutal. It's, it's, it's chemical warfare. Uh, you know, frankly, it saved my life, and I'm very grateful for that. But I'm left with the uh, collateral damage from the actual treatment. I mean, many of us feel actually fine before a cancer diagnosis. Uh, it's, it's quite common. And then you go into treatment, and then you feel really sick and, and exhausted and fatigued, and then it takes at least a year for people to uh, have, have all that go out of your system, at least a year. And then from there, there are some things that, that unfortunately can hang on, uh, sometimes for months, sometimes for years, and, and sometimes for the rest of your life. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about in terms of, of uh, you know, surviving the cancer but not surviving the treatment. Yeah. It's interesting when you say that. I saw a friend last night. She had written me probably in her 40s, maybe maybe 50, and she just found out she had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, lo- she looked good, but she said to me, you know, she said, it just, I, I, I never expected this. She said, it right. just threw me for a loop. And she said, apparently it's in her lymph nodes, so she's having uh-huh. to have chemo first. And mm-hmm. then she's going to have surgery and then radiation. Mm-hmm. And they're she going to try and treat be... what's happening for her first, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, just uh, interesting. I'm definitely going to uh, share your book with her. Because oh, well, I, thank I you, think, yeah. It yeah, is such she... a shock, and particularly, you know, younger women, like in their 30s and their 40s, uh, you know, many of them um, are are healthy, they've never smoked in their lives, they've exercised, and... 
bam, they get hit upside the head. You know, it's it's really a shock to the system. Yeah, yeah. How did you overcome the emotional idea or ordeal, really, of this post-cancer treatment? Well, for one thing, it's a shock at first, and I think then what I did was because I had a um, had a, a a young son; he was not quite fourteen. Um, and when I got the news that I had a, a triple negative breast cancer with uh, uh, metastasis to the lymph nodes, uh, and was you know informed at that point that this was a very serious cancer, and um, it's a rare and serious cancer. And I'll always remember what sort of the turning point for me. You're, in, I mean, I was in shock, just like your friend, and just mm-hmm. like most people. You, you don't even know what hits you. But I'll, what I'll always remember is coming out of uh, a surgery that went far longer than it was supposed to, and uh, my surgeon visiting me and telling me, ooh, you know, this looks a little worse than we thought. And then being wheeled out, and I will always remember looking up into the faces of my son and my husband, and they were just terrified and pale. In that moment, I thought, you know, I really, I really have to take care of this. Mm. And, you know, it, it's not like you, if there's any ever any guarantee in life, but it, it was my motto. It's like, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, no, no, this is not going to take me down. And that carried me through treatment. But honestly, Patricia, when you're in treatment, when most of us are in treatment and going through all that, there's not a lot of bandwidth to process mm. the emotional impact. Mm. That's why I'm passionate about the point when people are either almost ready to finish treatment or they've finished treatment or they've gone into a phase where they're actually living with cancer, and then it, it's almost like you fall off into, into a cliff, into an abyss, like, what just happened? And it's often at that point when the emotions can rush to the surface because the survival has been taken care of, or hopefully it's been taken care of. So that's yeah. when I think is a very important time to start to help people to explore the emotional trauma that they are going through. Mm. Yeah, it, it it just that whole feeling, that incredible fear that can take you over. Yeah, and yeah. you 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 know, and it it can be. I mean, it can be for something like that. It can be for people who feel like, uh, you know, they might have financial ruin or they might oh, have yeah. relationship ruin. I mean, it yeah. could be relationship money. It could be any of. I mean, certainly yeah. health is a big one. But any of those where you feel like, you know, you could you just. It's almost like a death. You, you just mm-hmm, you feel mm-hmm. completely out of control and just mm-hmm. this panic. And that, mm-hmm. that I think, is it's a hard one. I think you have yes. to train yourself, don't you? Yes. Well, and it's, it's that whole theme that, that cho- shows up throughout the book, and it's a theme I've worked with throughout my life as a psychotherapist because I, I work as an existential humanistic psychotherapist. And so, you know, there are things, I mean, most things are beyond our control. I, I strongly believe in choice. You know, mm-hmm. we don't often have, it may not be the choice you wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. It may be, you know, the choice between two things, you know, the, the bad or the worse, but it's still a choice. But control, you know, there's no guarantees in our lives. And so this whole way mm-hmm. of how we live with uncertainty, which, you're right, it doesn't just show up in illness. Um, you know, that, that really kind of really hits you upside the head, a life-threatening illness. But um, it's, it's really a journey to learn how to live with uncertainty and to not have that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, take you in, down a yeah. really fearful road. Um, I mean, fear is part of life. 
let's get real. Well, I, um, I think, yeah. but I think also, I just might want to add, I think that's particularly true when you've never had it before. Like if all of a sudden you have financial issues you never had, all of a sudden yeah. you got ill, you were always healthy, all you had yeah. a great relationship and yeah. all of a sudden it ended. It, it's, yeah. it's a hard one because it's yeah. what you had before that you're used to. Right, right, right. Well, again, it's that whole way that a world, and my husband died suddenly, unexpectedly, a little bit over a year ago, and, and that's kind of the same thing. It's like in five minutes, my entire world changed, literally, five minutes, with less than five minutes, my whole world changed, and it's, it's yeah. like getting the diagnosis, or like you're saying, your, your relationship, maybe your partner comes in and says, oh, guess what, I'm gone, or yeah. all of a sudden, you lose everything financially. Mm-hmm. It's like in, in less mm-hmm. than, you know, a blink of an eye, your life goes 365 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that takes and, some and, time. And it to does, really and I think the problem is not going back because I mean I've I've had that you know well, but it used to be, but it isn't now. Mm-hmm. Oh, but remember no. when? But you can't do that because it doesn't it doesn't help you. I think the only time that it helps to look at what has happened to you is to help you be present and to move forward because we learn from our regrets, we learn from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. I believe they're, they're signposts on the road for us. But yes. if we look at them as something that helps us now and moving forward, I think it's productive to stay oh. back and, oh, you know, this, this was how it was. I mean, you know, hey, nothing's, nothing is stopping. Even though you're sick, even though terrible things have happened, the world is not going to stop for us. <laughs> you know, yes. As, yes. As, as crazy as that may seem, like, wait a yeah. minute here. But it's not going to stop. And um, being able to, again, be present. That's, that's what I think is so important is how, how you can be present within yourself and with others, no matter what's happening around you. And, yeah. you know, that's a practice for sure. Yeah, very much so. Now, you know, knowing about these post-cancer tra- treatment inflicts and knowing about mm-hmm. the trauma people go through, why don't doctors recommend counseling more often in order to help patients through it? Well, there is a $50 billion question. Um, it, it was something I was quite naive about when I first started um, infiltrating the medical uh, scene because it was something that I had not, I had chosen very, very consciously not to work within the medical, the traditional medical setting. Yeah. But um, when I chose to go back in, I naively thought that um, physicians and people working in traditional medicine would be just very excited about having someone to refer to. And, you know, it really didn't work out quite that way, although I think things are changing now. What I think is that um, there's, there's skill sets that uh, sometimes don't intersect well, like, for instance, I'm not going to do breast surgery on anybody. I'm not a surgeon. That's not my territory. So I'm going to refer someone to a surgeon that I feel is competent what they do. Right. Conversely, a surgeon is not a psychotherapist or is not trained to work with the emotional impact of what happens. So what needs to happen is a more effective referral source so that we all start working together. To me, that's real mm. medicine is that we all know yeah. that nobody has to be threatened. It's not like yeah. somebody's stealing anything. It's yeah. like we're helping each other help the, the patient or the client. You know, that's a very interesting point because I find that I've had this more around my business. 
And mm-hmm. when I feel, you know, I'm changing or something isn't working or I'm losing or, or you know, a client dropped off that was a big one, um, I that support system is really what has helped me, show more than mm-hmm. anything else, is mm-hmm. those people who say, stay with it, you can do it, they give me yeah. ideas. I mean, that, yeah. I couldn't do with it. That's the most important thing that has helped me, I have to say. Absolutely. Well, I think collaboration between, in, in, in my world, clinicians and your world, business people, um, if, if we can build a collaborative system, I mean, it's a, it's a win-win. Who loses from that? Nobody, right. in my opinion, um, right. because we can all offer such different opinions, perceptions, skills, uh, feedback to each other. And uh, again, in the service of the people that we are working with, um, that's, you know, that's keeping an eye on that prize is so important. And uh, in terms of the, the amount of cancer survivors, I mean, the excellent news is that because of better screening, better education, better treatments, uh, people are surviving. So now there's this huge, you know, tsunami, they call it the silver tsunami, which is related to the baby boomers all coming of an age where cancer becomes something that is you know, more apt to happen, this silver tsunami of people bursting onto the scene and uh, there's going to be need for resources here, which mm-hmm. was one of the uh, incentives that I felt to, uh, to right. write the kind of book that I did uh, that okay. could offer, you know, a workbook um, yeah. a narrative All right, approach. And, All right, yeah. and we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're talking to Cheryl Crowder. She's the author of Surviving the Storm, a workbook for telling your cancer story. Cheryl Crowder is a marriage and family psychotherapist with almost 40 years of experience in the field, depth field of psychology and human consciousness. And she integrates her years of experience with her personal journey as a cancer survivor. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. We're here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be back with Cheryl Crowder right after the break. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi everyone and welcome back. My guest is Cheryl Crowder. Her book is Surviving the Storm, a workbook for telling your cancer story. Cheryl Crowder is a marriage and family psychotherapist with almost 40 years of experience in the field of depth psychology and human consciousness. She integrates her years of experience with her personal journey as a cancer survivor. And Cheryl works with clients in her private practice. She presents talks and workshops on living with uncertainty of life-threatening illnesses, and she guides people in telling their cancer stories. Welcome back, Cheryl. Thanks, Patricia. Okay, let's talk about the cancer survivorship movement. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Well, this, um, as I said a little bit earlier, um, because of the better treatments and early detection and education on cancer, there are many more people who are now surviving cancer or, or living with cancer. So some years ago, because this, this never used to be true, for instance, the cancer I had, um, I would not be here uh, even, even a decade ago, except for the new treatments. So there's a whole new group of people that are now surviving what used to be a death sentence. So the medical profession began to scramble around to say, ooh, you know, we need to create what, what's called survivorship care plans that um, our patients can uh, take with them as they finish treatment or they move on with treatment after the initial diagnosis and the treatment ends. So I jumped on at this point into the survivorship movement. Um, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, so I was asked to be on some hospital committees here. <clears throat> I became very involved in, uh, in a, an organization called the Women's Cancer Resource Center in Oakland, California, which works underserved community of Oakland, and began looking at putting together programs that could help serve cancer survivors. And I particularly feel that there is a need for the treatment and the attention to the emotional trauma. And this was often missing in some of the more traditional survivor care plans. So that became my passion was to create something which ended up in this book that gave people a workbook, a narrative approach, templates, so that they could then begin to work with expressing uh, what had happened for them and what's still happening for them as they uh, go through their own survivorship. So it's fairly, it's fairly new to address this, this group of people. And, and thank, goodness, thank goodness this group of people exists and that we're, we're looking at it. Yeah, that's so, so important. Mm-hmm. So let's look at your book for a minute. It's, it's somewhat like a workbook. It is a workbook, uh-huh. So tell us how it's different from other books on cancer. Well, this, the book that I wrote focuses on the whole person, uh, the potential, and uh, what I know to be a human natural drive toward authenticity. So I present a contemplative perspective that emphasizes the shared human needs that we all have, love, belonging, personal meaning, 
And what's different is that my book expands beyond learning-based behavioral and psychosocial resources. For instance, these are quite available. There are numerous books that are more behavior in, in nature. Here's, here's what you need to eat. Here's exercise. Here are some things that can help you. But they're prescribed. And so what I wanted to provide was um, options that differ from this support group and medical model of treatment. Uh, and those are good, by the way. I'm not putting them down. They're good. But I felt that there was a need for something outside that box. So I wanted to open up this alternative. And, um, you know, it's tempting to sort of fix things, but that is not my education as a therapist. So I feel that there's a lot to be learned from learning how to live with uncertainty and delving more deeply into the emotional residue of cancer so that you can sort of tell your story and process your trauma coming out the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, you know, that sort of alternative, let's talk about the holistic approach in post-cancer treatment, how, mm-hmm. you know, how that works. Well, I think uh, there's a holistic approach all the way through cancer. I, I th- a combination, I, how I see, is between the traditional medical treatments and more holistic treatments. For instance, acupuncture is very, very helpful during treatment. It can really help the system. Um, you know, dietary needs can be helped, can help how someone uh, sort of moves through treatment but holistic in terms of the emotionality of it, again, I found constantly missing in the perspectives that were offered, like really being able to ask somebody, look, how are you doing emotionally? And by the way, not only the patient, and this is something I really want to add in here, the partners, the, the, the family members, the friends who are a community of survivors often neglected and forgotten, and no one's checking in with them to say, hey, how are you doing as your, yes, your loved so one goes through this? Yeah. It's very distressful. So I include the whole community in looking at, which again, another part of the holistic, in looking at um, mind, body, and spirit throughout all of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very important. I think the caregiver, that's an important piece. Oh, absolutely. Both the formal caregivers, you know, such as nurses, doctors, formal caregivers, and what they call informal caregivers. These are often partners, kids, parents, friends, grandparents. Um, It's a community that really needs some help and certainly needs to be identified. So, you know, fear of cancer recurrence is normal. I mean, people worry about that. What's the best way to deal with that, Cheryl? Well, I think the best way, number one, is just to acknowledge that being afraid of cancer is normal. So don't criticize yourself, don't judge yourself, and don't let other people say, oh, well, you're okay, don't worry about it. It's a shadow that will be with you the rest of your life. So the point is to not let that shadow overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. In the book, and also when I work with people in, in groups or in my practice, we have to not give too much power to fear, is how I feel. So let the fear come, go, ooh, I'm really feeling scared here, and then come back into present time, and work with letting that fear pass through you and letting it go. And sometimes you have to get tough with fear. You have to kind of yell at it, like, you need to go now. Yes, this is mm. frightening, but I don't need to live here. So I think, in essence, it's not giving too much power to the fear. It's, it's dealing with it. It's acknowledging it. It's not criticizing yourself for having it, but don't let it, don't let it run your life. Yeah, that's, that's I like hard. to say to people, hey, you know what? You're yeah. still here. You're still here. You've got a life. 
You got a life yeah. to live. You've got engagement yeah. to have happen yeah. here. Let's let's look yeah. at that. You know. Yeah. I mean, I can really relate to this. Not from that standpoint, more from the business standpoint. Mm-hmm. But it's still that same loss where you're just it. As you said, it's this panic. And, yeah. you know, particularly, and I think it really hits hard for me, like I would, I'm sure it would hit hard for anyone who goes back and sees that their numbers aren't what they were, right, if they're tested. But that right. could be, you know, if you're looking at your bank book and all of a sudden you're borrowing more and then that right. fear comes in. And, right. and it's, it's really, I think it takes a lot. I mean, I've been through this and I think it takes a lot of self-control to say, I'm, I'm just going to keep moving. I know I'm yeah. on the right track and yeah. I'm not. But it, it's, um, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I call it the boogeyman of fear. And the boogeyman yes. of fear hides in the closet, hides under the bed, and it's always ready, you know, to jump out at us. And, um, you know, the best way to deal with the boogeyman is to turn around and face it. So there's a lot of importance, certainly, in, in, the, in the world of cancer survivorship, dealing with trauma, to really face that fear, to, to go through it, to let yourself process to tell it, to talk it, to scream it, to cry it. And then, you know, when you're done, you're done. And I I watch people, I watch myself. It's like when we're done with that story, we can then move on to the next chapter. But if we don't let ourselves go there and really just, you know, rant and rave, whatever you need to do, write it, whatever, you you can get stuck. So that's what's important about the movement is is being able to, to tell it. That's why I, I just would be at these conferences or, and people would just want to tell their story, tell their story, tell their story. And I realized, you know what, you just need to tell it until you're done. Yeah, yeah. As you said, talking about it's very important. A lot of people won't talk about it, Cheryl. You know, they're not going to talk about it because they're scared. So they're going to hide it. Right. And, you know, I respect And there's that. shame involved. Pardon me? Right? And there's shame involved, too. Well, see, that's what I think is important, the shame, you know, because there's a whole um, oppressive movement. It happens mainly in cancer. It doesn't happen in other illnesses, you know, where you're supposed to, I call, you know, it's called the tyranny of positive thinking. You're supposed to see cancer as a gift. You're supposed to not think negatively. Oh, my God, if I'm not, if I'm not positive, I'll get cancer again. And, you know, that is really a disservice, and it's a horrible pressure for people dealing with cancer. Of course mm-hmm. you have negative feelings. But, uh, you know, no one should be shamed for an illness. Um, you know, you, you didn't create this illness. It's not your and you, fault. And one of the things know. you write about here is you say you face it, you validate it, you turn how, learn how to let it go, and you practice gratitude. We've got about two minutes left, so talk a little bit about gratitude. Yeah, I think that gratitude is one of the most beautiful ways to deal with uncertainty and also trauma and fear. Because if you look around each day, each moment in your life, you can look around and say, you know, today I can feel gratitude for that. My br- I'm having a, I'm breathing. Or today I'm, gra- I'm looking at this flower and I'm watching the sun on this flower and I feel gratitude. And that is a way to shift being in a dark cave. When you look up and you practice gratitude, it, it opens up your heart, it changes your life. And, and an open heart is a way to deal with fear. Hey, it's, it's just been a delight to have you on the program. Really, how can people find you? They can find me at uh, CherylCrowter.com, and that will link up to uh, CancerSurvivorSupport.com. I'm on Facebook, 
Uh, I'm on Twitter, but very occasionally. <laughs> but all, if it goes to my website, um, it will link up with, with everything, and I'll also have, uh, you know, this talk will be linked up there. So um, that, that's a good place to find me. Well, I thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you, Patricia. It's been really a delight to talk with you. Yeah, stay on the line for a minute. And again, folks, please uh, look at this wonderful book, ShellaCrowder.com. And the book, again, is Surviving the Storm, a workbook for telling your cancer story. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.